This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Them. Protect your whole home with safety you can trust by visiting firstalert.com and Lowe's stores today. Paid for by Bar Justice. Attention. Have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug, ranitidine, may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Zantac may be linked to these cancers, bladder, colorectal, esophageal, intestinal, kidney, liver, ovarian, pancreatic, stomach, testicular, and uterine. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months, call now. 800-516-9931. Never stop taking medication without first consulting a physician. Call right now for a free consultation. You may be owed significant compensation. Call 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. That's 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. ESPN Wichita's high school hoops coverage returns with the high school game of the week. 5A contenders square off as Mays heads west to face fifth-ranked Hutchinson in a battle of AVCTL competition. The Salthawks and Eagles will square off, as you can hear me, Chance Lebo, on the call with coverage beginning at 7 p.m. on Wichita's sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. All right, welcome back. It is with a heavy heart. As I inform y'all, this might be the last pick six. Might have one before the Super Bowl. Probably will, let's be honest. We'll probably have one before the Super Bowl. And in order for me to catch up, there would have to be a minimum of 14 props in the Super Bowl. Because I'm really stinking up the joint here in the last couple of weeks. I was four and four two weeks ago, but one and seven last week. It's pretty much sink this ship. Uh, last speaking of last week, Jack was five and three. Chance was three and five. So those two guys have gone kind of back and forth as far as trading uh, trading spots at the uh, in the penthouse. Chance is one week hold on the top spot. Gave way to Jack, but it's close. Jack has, uh, to kind of simplify things, Jack has 82, correct? Chance with 81, and yours truly with 69. So we're down to the AFC and NFC championship games and six props that I have selected. So a total of eight coming your way here on pick six. Again, we'll we'll get creative through the Super Bowl, but uh, we're closer to the end than the beginning. Mercifully for me, but I'm sure Jack and Chance are mad that this might go away. But we'll, we'll figure something out. Um, okay, so we had a chance before we get to the picks. Welcome. Welcome back. The very latest on the high school game of the week. We just heard your promo there a little bit. Uh, it was in flux uh, yeah, at one point. Not a whole lot of games in the area this week. I think we targeted two or three that were in the direct area of Wichita. Um, so we're going to do Mays and Hutchinson this week uh, out there at Hutch. Uh, should be a really good game. Mays is a good team. We got to see them last week against a Wichita Heights team that's pretty good. It's a really deep Mays team that come, you know, brings a lot of pedigree with head coach Chris Grill. And uh, it's a Hutch team that made a state run last year. So looking forward to seeing two of the top teams in uh, the area going head to head. There's uh, It's slim pickings. There's, you would think that this would be a big makeup day for all the snow games, but with the last week's mid-season tournaments everybody's ta- kind right. of taking some time right. off speaking of before we get to the picks uh one more uh question for you and more of an observation tournament of champions dodge city you hear a lot of a lot about it here and for those who don't get an opportunity to go to dodge city and see that and the high level of competition which you did yeah it was really that cool. was awesome yeah and the the hospitality room was top notch that that was the number that was the first thing pat told me he was like we're gonna send you out to dodge but you know, don't get anything to eat. Hospitality rooms top notch. There was lasagna. There were some garlic wow. knots. It was it was pretty nice. special. But uh, yeah, great basketball being played. Wichita Heights, number one team in the state. 
you know, ran the table um, as they, you know, kind of expected coming in. But, yeah, really looking forward to, uh, you know, it was a two-and-a-half-hour drive out there. Sure. But uh, well worth it to see the high-level basketball between uh, we got to see Eisenhower and Dodge City and then Mays and Heights in the semifinals. Awesome. Keep up the good work. I will be listening. We'll uh, check back with you uh, certainly next week and talk about the high school game of the week as we normally do at this time. It's Chance Lebo, our play-by-play man from the high school game of the week with football and now basketball in full swing. All right, Jack, here we go. You have now wrestled first place away from Chance, and that means you get to go first on the first of our eight pick-six games. First of two games, then we'll go to props. But we start with Chiefs and Baltimore. Kansas City plus three and a half. Total is 44 and a half. Jack, lead us off. What do you got? Well, I'll tell you one thing to kick things off. I am very surprised at how many national pundits out there are saying this is going to be a blowout win for the Ravens. Not just for the bias, you know, stepping in here, but when was the last time you saw Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs truly get their ass kicked? Uh, even in the postseason. Anytime he's lost hey, in the postseason. They had, let me stop you for a second. They had a little, I don't know if you were, if you were in yet, but Greeny and his bunch talked about that very thing. And I'm paraphrasing, so I don't know the exact number of games, but the number of times that Patrick Mahomes-led team has lost by more than eight points is like six out of 114 starts. So I think that is, I'm with you, that's more than a little crazy to suggest. Not that it can't happen, but it just simply doesn't happen to Patrick Mahomes very often. So carry on. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I just... It's not a great matchup for the Chiefs. Everybody knows that. This is a buzzsaw football team. This is the best football team uh, the Chiefs have faced all year long. Uh, though Patrick Mahomes in his career has had Lamar's number, it's in large part, I think, been due to the fact that Lamar never really had a great supporting cast. Now he does. Uh, another stat to throw out here, though, in terms of Patrick Mahomes, he's 6-0 and against number one defense in the NFL. So I really don't think that's going to be a massive factor in this game. Last week, Chiefs and Buffalo, I took the under in it because I thought it would be this low-scoring, you know, grind-it-out type of rock fight. I'm going to go the opposite direction in this game. I expect it to be a thriller. I expect both offenses to move the ball pretty well in this game. Give me the over on that total because I just really don't want to pick a winner and loser in this game. Chance, before you go, uh, uh, before you pick, I should say, this might be uh, a roundtable little uh, mini discussion here because I was – We were thinking about this uh, for the last, well, ever since we knew it would be Kansas City and Baltimore, and the fact that Jack brings up the stat how Mahomes is undefeated against a a number one defense, this is a different animal than both Buffalo and Miami because Baltimore is way healthier on the defensive side, plus they're better to start with. Yeah, absolutely. So you got that. You also have, I think, unless somebody wants to argue, that this is a Baltimore team really without a flaw. There's nothing that they don't do at least pretty well. And so when you roll all that into one, plus they're at home, plus they're healthier than the two teams that the Chiefs just just played. And Jack, I'll get your comment since you already made your pick. Does this just come down to the pressure that is on Lamar Jackson because this is a legacy start for him and he's never been in this spot before? A little bit. Um, I think he understands how much pressure there is. Now, there's never a shame in losing to Patrick Mahomes. Everybody knows that. All the great quarterbacks in this league have lost to Patrick Mahomes. It just, though, it feels different for Lamar uh, this time around. You know, Josh Allen has gotten heavily criticized for losing three times to Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. This is Lamar's first go-around. But if Lamar loses this game and he wins the MVP, he kind of gets put in that category of, Hey, he's a really good individual player, but he's never going to win that big game. It looks like Josh Allen's getting right now, but Josh Allen doesn't have an MVP to his name. So uh, this really could be the next great rivalry that we keep talking up with Mahomes and Allen. If Lamar beats him, that's two MVPs to two MVPs to one Super Mm -hmm. Bowl appearance to two Super Bowl wins. Now, of course, we have to wait and see what happens with Lamar. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him, though. I think in terms of quarterback matchup, though, Josh Allen was more of a nightmare for the Chiefs than Lamar Jackson is. Now, Lamar is going to be able to run over them. He's going to be tough to contain. But in terms of throwing the football, I would take Allen over Lamar in that case. It's a really fascinating uh, conversation when you compare the two teams and you look ahead to Kansas City-Baltimore. Okay, Chance, uh, without further ado, you can uh, chime in and then give us your pick. What do you want, uh, KC plus 3.5? 
and Baltimore 45 and a half. What do you got? Got to beat the man to be the man. Isn't that the old mm-hmm. saying? I yeah. like the Chiefs. I, I didn't like it as much when it opened at two and a half, but now that it's up to a three and a half, I mean, a field goal, you know, Chiefs lose by three. That's still, you know, you're getting a cover there. Um, Mahomes record as an underdog, nine, one and one against the spread, eight and three straight up. This is where he likes to be. Um, and I feel like, you know, Jack kind of said it was a bad matchup for the Chiefs. I, tend to disagree a little bit. I think the strengths of the Chiefs kind of match the strengths of Baltimore. The Chiefs' interior of their offensive line, their running game is the strength of their offense. The Bravens, their strength, I would argue, is their linebacking core and their interior defensive line. And then on the defensive side for Kansas City, you know, Lamar Jackson isn't great throwing outside the numbers. He likes to throw between the hashes. I feel like that's where the Chiefs' defense is really good with their linebacker room as well as McDuffie in the slot. I feel like that's kind of where the Chiefs' defense is at their best. So, I, I won't bet against Mahomes until, you know, he makes me, but I, I just really like this spot for Kansas City. They've got, they're kind of playing with house money. I mean, as many people don't expect them to win, they love being in this position. It's where they thrive. So I like the Chiefs getting three and a half on the road. I would agree. And I'm taking Kansas City also because I took, uh, Buffalo last week, uh, and that backfired. So I'm kind of a chance. I'll, I'll, uh, ride Mahomes till he bucks me off. But, um, the fact that you're in the AFC championship game, Who's been there and done that? Mm-hmm. There's only one of them. Yeah. And uh, there's a core group of guys that have been there and done that. Mm-hmm. If now, now you can't, you know, the, you can't make exceptions because it looks like he's going to play. But if if Mark Andrews didn't play in this one, I'd feel even better. Yeah. Uh, considering what chance what you just said about throwing between the numbers because he's really good there. He's yeah. kind of the Ravens version of Travis Kelsey, but he's going to play. But even with that and kind of uh, doing large part of what chance just said three and a half that hook is really enticing so i will take kansas city with that if they win great but if they lose by a field goal i still uh still get the cover uh chance you go first here in the nfc championship game detroit plus seven visiting san francisco the total is 51 i'm going to take the under 51 here um we've talked in the office off off the off the air about my you know, opinion of Brock Purdy. And without Debo Samuel, that changes this Niners offense. This year, they're averaging just 17 a game without Debo Samuel. And then the Lions in the outdoors, you know, they love being in that dome and they love when they get a go. You know, a lot of their road games this year were even on, in domes at the Vikings, the Cowboys, at the Saints. Outdoor struggles for the Lions. They're averaging under 19 points per game in the outdoors. Jared Goff at home or in a dome. 24 touchdowns, five interceptions, a 109 passer rating. Outdoors, 82 passer rating, five touchdowns, four interceptions. I think this is a low-scoring ball game with the two defenses kind of trading back and forth. I do like the Niners to win. I don't feel like this is a great spot for the Lions on the road. So I'm going to just take the under 51 because I do like the Lions story, and I kind of am cheering for them. I would have thought this would have opened or at least settled on about eight or maybe even eight and a half. Uh, and the fact that it's a touchdown, I don't mind that at all. Uh, 28-20 sounds okay to me. Uh, 31-22 sounds okay to me. I'll, I'll lay the number, and I'll take San Francisco here for a lot of the reasons that Chance just said about uh, what Jared Goff does or doesn't do outside. And so give me San Francisco playing at home, Detroit going across cross country, and the line is only at seven. I'm okay with that. I will take the seven and lay it. Jack, what do you got? Well, I like how Chance brought up the the numbers for Detroit when they're uh, not only playing on the road, but road it, but not in the dome, right? They play in the dome all the time. When they've gone on the road a couple times a season, it's been in the dome. The last time they played an outdoor road game, if you want to believe in this or not, was against Chicago on December 10th. Over a month and a half since their last road game outdoors, and they lost by 15 points. Believe that if you want to, that they're not a very good outdoor road team or don't. Uh, to me, when Vegas does something like this, they give that big of a spread in which a game that you think it's going to be close, you kind of have to buy into it because what it's telling me right now is a lot of money is going in on the Niners uh, to bounce back and really win this game comfortably. I mean, I think a lot of people would take what Detroit's done in their first two playoff games. They're the Cinderella story. They're fun to watch, and it's like no-brainer. This is going to be a close and fun game, but I don't know. This spread is alarmingly large to me for two teams that I don't think talent-wise, are that different. I think the quarterbacks are pretty comparable. I'll give the edge to Goff. Running back room, of course, give the edge to Christian McCaffrey, but it's not like the Lions with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs are that far behind. Chance brought up Debo Samuel not playing in this game. Lions are going to have Amon Ross St. Brown. They've got Josh Reynolds, tight ends, Kittle, Laporta, a little bit of a wash in some games. So these are very evenly matched teams, but Vegas has a spread as a touchdown in favor of San Francisco. I'm with you, Shane. That's too alarming to me to, to... Pick the Lions plus seven. That almost feel like they're baiting me into something. Give me the Niners by ten. Are you Lee Sterling over there all of a sudden? <laughs> uh, props now. We'll go back to the Chiefs game. 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes over under 240 and a half yards. If Patrick Mahomes has any game, let alone a playoff game where he has 240 passing yards, uh, no. He's averaging 285 passing yards in 16 career postseason games, even against the Ravens. Give me over 240 and a half passing yards for Patrick Mahomes. Jack? Yeah, this is one of those spots, one of those games where, you know, Mahomes win or lose is going to have to be really special. The Chiefs understand that. I mean, you're going to try to run the ball with Isaiah Pacheco, but this is the Mahomes game, man. If they're going to get to the Super Bowl, it's going to be on his back. 240 seems too low to me. I'm going to take the over. No doubt. There's two. Uh, you want to go contrarian? What do you think? I am going to go contrarian. <laughs> I'm going to take the under 240 and a half. How, how, how long are the Chiefs going to have the ball? We saw it against the Bills. They struggled to get off the field against them, and it felt like every other play they were you know scoring or getting the first down. So I don't know how, how often the Chiefs' offense is going to be on the field, and they're going up against the Ravens team that likes to run the football and keep their defense on the sidelines. So I'm going to take the under 240 and a half. The Ravens have only given up 240 just four times this season all year, and I do like the Ravens' linebackers and safeties matched up against Travis Kelsey. That's kind of the recipe to beating the Chiefs is keeping Kelsey matched up with the linebackers. Although I read something that they line Kelsey up in all seven positions last week, trying to use them in different ways, different matchups. But I'm going to take the under 240 and a half. I think it's a low-scoring ball game that the Chiefs are going to you know, find their way to win late on. Yeah, most of the time when you're playing a top-rated defense, if you want to get over that number, it's garbage time. Mm-hmm. Where, But do you see this being a blowout no. for the Ravens? No. Nobody does. Yeah, so yeah, low-possession game, that's, that's not bad logic for under 240 and a half. Uh, Jack, you go first here. Lamar, passing yards, 213 and a half. Over under. Oh, man. What was weird in the Houston game, he had like, what, 84 passing yards in the first half? It, mm-hmm. It's going to take a, a big catch and run, in my opinion, for Lamar to really air it out in this game. I think he uses a, his legs a lot more in this one than he's going to try to air it out. Um, I think Legereus Need on Zay Flowers is a really uh, comfortable matchup for him. Uh, let's see if Mark Andrews and his health, how much of that is a concern to Baltimore. I think Lamar is going to be very evenly balanced and over 200 yards. Sometimes for him, it's just hard to bet in favor of that. So give me the under on that total. Well, Chance, uh, if you believe Jack's theory of Sneed basically canceling out Zay Flowers, where does he go and how does he get 214 yards? Does he? I I think he does. I think this is a game that they kind of played possum a little bit last week with the Texans. I feel like they like their matchup coming out of a bye. They kind of, you know, I feel like they had a lot of stuff in their back pocket that they might be using this week against whether it would have been the Chiefs or the Bills. So I like 215. I feel like he hits one downfield shot. I think that Odell or Zay Flowers bust the coverage and Todd Munkin, you know, draws something up for him or maybe even a catch and run for a running back. I mean, I feel like this is a game that Lamar, like Jack said, it's a legacy game for him. He has to have a big game. And I feel like he will in this one. 215 seems really low. So I'm going to take the over 215. All right, Chance, you go first here. Brandon Ayuk, NFC Championship game, over under 81 and a half receiving yards. Well, if you would have told me a year ago, I would have said over easily and first touchdown because there was a time where every time Brandon Ayuk was in prime time, he got the first touchdown. Yep, Him and Jimmy true. G were on on some kind of connection. He just doesn't really have that with Brock Purdy, but with no Debo Samuel and George Kittle is not as, you know, as productive as he has been. He's kind of regressing a little bit. I'm going to take the over 81 and a half just because I feel like he's going to, like I said about uh, Lamar, I feel like there's going to be one downfield shot that he hits or a catch and run that Shanahan schemes open. So I like the over 81 and a half, although it's really high. I'm going to take the under here. I'm going to go uh, bank on this being a Christian McCaffrey game, Mm. like five or six catches out of him. And, this this game might be a low possession game too. But the Lions secondary is not good. That's no, they're kinda not. Where, that's that's kind of right. where I draw the line. Where you know, I think the Lions' strength is their run defense and their offense, but I, I don't trust their secondary that much. But with no Debo, mm-hmm. what other wideout would you worry about if you're yeah. the Lions? Yeah. So exactly. there's an opportunity to bracket Ayuk. I think they do it just enough. I'm going to take under 81 and a half. Jack. He's going to be relied on. I think a lot in this game just simply because Debo Samuel uh, not going to be healthy. 81 and a half, though. You look at, you know, the Lions defense and chance point out the secondary kind of weak. Yeah, this feels like a Brandon Ayuk type of game. You know, Brock Purdy, I think, is going to really rely on Christian McCaffrey more so than anything. George Kittle, probably number two on that list. So does Brandon Ayuk get that one big catch and run to make me feel a lot more comfortable about this pick? I'd like to say yes, but 81 say and no. a half is. Say no. It's too high. <laughs> man. Go with your Prop bets are tough, man. You know yeah, what? You why. know what? I'm going under. I'm going under. Right. I can't do it. I can't do it. All right, going back to the AFC Championship game. 
Watson, over under 13 and a half receiving yards. I think he does it on the first drive. <laughs> kind of pops a big one. 21 yards. Give me over with Watson at 13.5. Jack? God, I hate this so much because he really is that. <laughs> I had a double take one, this morning when I saw it. One he target. might not catch a ball. Uh, right. Yes. That it's, it's either one big catch or he doesn't get targeted or he just drops the pass that's thrown to him. <laughs> you got to think it's going to be some scramble play where he just frees himself up and he falls down to the ground and catches it against his chest. What the hell? I'll go over. One catch. Do it for me, Justin. All right, Chance, what do you think? 13 and a half yards. I'm going to go under. He's played under 50% of the snaps in three of the last four games uh, for Kansas City. So I'm going to go under. The only game he played over 50% was probably his downfield blocking ability against the Dolphins. That was the only game in the last four he's gone over that 50% snap threshold. But like I said, I feel, feel like it's going to be a low-scoring ball game. Pacheco, CEH. I would have liked to see a CEH prop in here. That's mm-hmm. kind of the one. Couldn't find one. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd have put yeah. one up. This yep. feels like a game Andy Reid likes to get the second running back involved a little bit and ruin everybody's same game parlay. They never play action, but man, a hard play action to Pacheco, <laughs> and there's Watson out the back door. All right, uh, Jack, you go first on this one. Brock Purdy, eight and a half rushing yards. <sighs> These are just the, the hardest ones. <laughs> that, how many rushing yards did Brock Purdy have last week? Does anybody know? know. I can look it up for you. If Hold you on, no, no, yeah. I can do my own, I can do my own research here. Okay, <laughs> uh, Rock Purdy last week had 14 rushing yards and he ran it six times. Yeah, I would say that he's a little bit more inclined to run uh, than uh, Jared Goff. Uh, certainly not more than Mahomes or, or Jackson, but he's got number three on that list of running quarterbacks left in the playoffs. So give me the over on that. Give, give me one first down run and let's cash it in. Chance. Eight and a half yards. Yeah, I'm going to take the over here. I feel like uh, there's been some Twitter uh, videos of Aiden Hutchinson just being a uh, pass rusher that gets out of his passing lane, quarterback scrambles around him. I feel like that's going to happen a couple times this week. I, f- I just feel like this is a game where Brock Purdy has to use his legs. I feel like you know these conference championship games, and apparently there's a trend that every time the Lions face a, a quarterback, they go over their rushing total. I've seen that prop as kind of a big hit. So I'm going to take the over eight and a half. Feels like a low total for a you know sneaky athletic first guy in, last guy out, lunch pail kind of guy. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. I'll tell you both. He's, <laughs> he's going to take run, a knee. He's going to run for 12 yards. <laughs> at the end of the first half, he's going to kneel down. That'll take him back to 10. And at the end of the game, they're ahead. They'll get the ball. He'll kneel three times, and it'll be back to seven. It'll be under, and I will cash that ticket. <laughs> under eight and a half. Uh, who goes first here? Chance, is this you? It is. I think so, Mahomes, yeah. 27 and a half rushing yards. Same reason I went over last week and he didn't go over. I'll stay. I'll go right back to the well. I'll go over 27 and a half. I feel like this is a game where he has to use his legs. Maybe he's trailing last uh, last two-minute drive and kind of has to scramble and get out of bounds. I feel like this is the Mahomes game where he, you know, might just go unconscious. This feels like about 43 yeah. for me, yeah. so I'll take the over. Jack, what do you think? 27 oh, yeah. and a half. I mean, I think anything under 30 yards for Mahomes rushing is always going to be an over pick here because, you know, he, he just has so many things open up for him when guys are, are running deep routes, right? Because then if there's mm-hmm. no spy, which for the most part, there's not been a spy. He's not fast enough to have a spy. Uh, so he just has the entire middle of the field open up. Expect him to run it, you know, six, seven, eight times in this game. And I think he can absolutely clear 30 yards. Okay, you two, you two people have four picks that are opposite. So it's possible you get some distance there. In the Kansas City game, you both could be right. In the San Francisco game, you could both be right. And you both thought Purdy and Mahomes will go over their rushing yards. So... Anything's possible at the end of this weekend when the dust settles. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a tough week last week, and uh, I just ha- couldn't handle the pressure of being number one. Well, that's why they call it gambling. All right, there you go. There's your latest edition of Pick Six. It's one twenty-one. Thank you, Chance. Thank you, Jack. When we come back, Dr. Jamie Bluma. He's brought to you by CBD American Shaman. That's next. You're listening to the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. The kick is so good! 
Wide, wide right! It's championship week. Jubilation for the Chiefs sideline! No one brings you more coverage, including news conferences, interviews, and the latest news on your Kansas City Chiefs than ESPN Wichita. This is amazing. And on Sunday, Chiefs pregame begins at 8 a.m. Six hours of pregame coverage leading up to the Chiefs and Ravens in the sixth consecutive AFC championship game. It's all on your home for the NFL, 92.3 FM. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. In the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-384-9393. That's 800-384-9393. 800-384-9393. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Welcome back. It's 124 here on a Thursday. This segment on this day is reserved for one guy. And he's brought to you by CBD American Shaman. If you're struggling with pain, anxiety, or sleep, explore the benefits of highest quality hemp oil at CBD American Shaman. They're down in Derby. Head over, tell them ESPN Wichita sent you. Check out Jeff and the gang. They're 200 North Baltimore in Derby. CBD American Shaman. Life is better with the feather. It's Jamie Bluma, former Shocker, former Royal, and a guy that is heavily involved in, interested in the College Baseball Hall of Fame. And you've come on this show before, James, to talk about it and the fact that it didn't have a geographic home really forever, which is kind of amazing to uh, to think about, but... It now has one, and if you could, if you don't mind, Jamie, just take us back to uh, as far back as you go with your involvement and interest in the College Baseball Hall of Fame and what happened just a couple of days ago. Uh, so to rewind, uh, we'll go back to late November, early December 2022. Uh, I was contacted by friend Eric Olson and Warren Wilkinson uh, with Visit OP uh, about the potential opportunity of luring the College Baseball Hall of Fame uh, to Overland Park to the Prairie Fire Museum as its anchor tenant. Um, And so I, of course, said, yes, would love to be on this project. Uh, Tell me more. So uh, there was a search party uh, trying to find out. It was between us and St. Louis uh, and Omaha. And so we were able to put a, a pitch deck together. Uh, with the help of Let It Fly Media and Dimension Innovations and the rest of our committee, including Alex Gordon, uh, Ryan Stanek, uh, Blue Valley Rack, a bunch of different people in Kansas City. We're able to put our uh, hat in the ring. Uh, and long story short, um, 
through a 14-month process and a whole bunch of back and forth and a whole bunch of non-disclosure agreements and a lot of stuff on the line. I've been able to talk to it a little bit on on your show uh, without being able to divulge too much information. But right. uh, as of this past Tuesday, two days ago, uh, we were able to procure that the first physical uh, place for the college baseball hall of fame will certainly be overland park kansas at the prairie fire museum uh in the near future so uh through a lot of uh different channels i mean some of the things that that we found out and were able to let the general public found out um is that patrick mahomes uh is involved in some degree monetarily and all that stuff and that makes Mm -hmm. sense because a little bit more information was the college baseball hall of fame committee um, and, and board and all that stuff, they were originally trying to physically create and build uh, somewhere in Lubbock, Texas, uh, for whatever reason. And I don't know all the ins and outs of that in the early 2000s that no brick and mortar uh, was ever established. But uh, through the help of that group with Craig Ramsey and his entire group that started the 501c3 for the College Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, a lot of the archival uh you know, the, the thing that you want to have in the Hall of Fame or in a collective down there in Lubbock, Texas. So we were fortunate enough along this process, uh, Dimension Innovations, that's going to help do some of the build-out and some of the, you know, the, the interactive displays and all that stuff. They're actually based out of based out of Kansas City, and they've been on board uh, since way back when in the early 2000s in Lubbock, Texas. So to have those guys uh, intimately involved in this project is just is it's kind of crazy how it's been going on for so many years but uh with all things um just made sense i think committee uh, and to everybody else involved and we were so excited a couple weeks ago to announce that this year's hall of fame induction ceremony was going to take place in kansas city on february 15th uh, i had talked about that on this show uh, a little while ago so this year's class and ironically includes alex gordon um, Pat Casey used to be at Oregon State, Ron Darling who pitched at Yale, um, and a whole host of other players that are and coaches and umpires and, and people that are going to get. So that's February 15th in Overland Park, Kansas at the Overland Park Marriott. Um, and it's so exciting for us to pair that up with we now physically are going to have the College Baseball Hall of Fame at the Prairie Fire Museum. Uh, in Overland Park, and uh, I know the next question you'll probably ask is when, uh, and I think from what I understand is we're we're shooting for probably second half uh, of 2025 to have all the design and build and all that stuff, but that's the uh, that's the original plan as of right now. That was going to be uh, my second uh, question after this one, and maybe this one's more unanswerable, but to me and maybe you can explain it a little bit further, it's uh, unimaginable that any Hall of Fame couldn't have or didn't have a brick-and-mortar site for the longest time. So as best as you can answer this, or maybe as delicately as you can put it, uh, what do you think the holdup was? What took so long? Uh, you know what? That's a great question, and I don't think that the, all I know about the, the reason that it didn't happen, happen down in Lubbock, Texas, is they were never get the, were able to get the funding behind. It. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, all those things I mean come down to money. And can you raise enough money uh, to be able to build a structure? Or uh, in this case, we are actually moving into an existing structure, which maybe uh, from a from a monetary standpoint, we don't have to build from the ground up uh, as far as as an entire building. And I think that's the, the reason that maybe we were uh, hoped that we would be in the lead is because we had X amount, 8,000 square foot of uh, curated museum space already available. I mean, and so that cost to, to build a building to put it in wasn't there. Uh, but I don't know all the ins and outs of why uh, there had never been one uh, previous to now. Uh, I'm just excited that, one, we had the opportunity to get into the running for it, and two, uh, we ended up coming out on top. I mean, I, I said to the committee, and I, I'm not remiss to say that at all, when we first sat down, like, I'm surprised it's not already in Omaha. Right. Um, from from having played in the College World Series and all the years that we've been up there, I, I'm surprised that when they moved from Rosenblatt Stadium into their current home now, that there wasn't a space uh, built and, and thought ahead of to house something like that, but there was not. 
Um, and so I remember being on the committee, one of the first things I said, well, the fact that it's not at Omaha, I think I would like our chances because um, we have an opportunity and presented itself in front of us that I think we can take advantage of. And our advantage is, is this is a part of town that is busy all the time, not just the two weeks from the College of Series is going on. The Prairie Fire area in South Overland Park is a is a bus area, new development, chicken and pickle, our chicken and pickle. Or, I mean, there's a lot of things that just make sense about Overland Park. I mean, one of the things that we as a committee talked about moving forward, and I talked about this on the Border Patrol yesterday morning, and to anybody that wants to listen, I mean, we have so many different things in Kansas City. When somebody comes down to, to play in a youth baseball tournament uh, in particular, is we would like to tie a whole bunch of things together, whether that's the college basketball experience, whether that's the Negro Leagues Museum. Now we can include, obviously, the College Baseball Hall of Fame uh, and all those different things. I mean, for lack of a better term, you know, a mega ticket. Maybe part of your entry fee into a tournament is all of those things are included for each of the families that come down uh, to go do something like that. And I think that's the advantage that we have, you know, over Omaha is all, all the things that Kansas City has to offer. Uh, and I think that's one of the maybe one of the biggest reasons that it ended up, you know, we ended up winning the bid, if you will. A little bit of a uh, maybe a silly question. You might have already covered this before, but this is just uh, my curiosity running wild a little bit here. Is there a Area 51 type of warehouse somewhere that's got uh, John Olerud's helmet and Robin Ventura's batting gloves and? Derek Tatsuno's glove that are just waiting to move to Kansas City. <laughs> you know what? From, from, that's part of a, that's part of the museum. One hundred percent. And from what I understand, I, I, I mean, we had a whole bunch of items on display on Tuesday, uh, including uh, a lineup card from Gene Stevenson when he got his eighteenth hundredth yeah. win. Yeah. Um, we had a Buster Posey jersey was there. So yes, I don't Area Fifty One may be a funny way to put it, <laughs> but I think there is a an, an entire collection of archival things in lubbock texas in storage as we speak okay uh, and that's what and that's what is going to have to be gone through how to make it as interactive as possible uh that's what the people that are going to design and do the build out and all that stuff yeah i think there is no shortage of of things uh to be put on display so simple answer to your question is yes there is plenty of those things uh that have been collected uh there has just been nowhere uh, to display them, you know, unless it is a traveling exhibit, and I don't even know if they've ever done something like that. But I know the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame does that. They have a, a semi truck that is a traveling mm-hmm. exhibit with things. Uh, I, I would, I would, wouldn't be remiss to think. I would hope that that's something, you know, when the College World Series does go on, right. We have a, yeah. we have a traveling, you know. Uh, hopefully, all those things are in the works in the years moving forward, um, with all the design and they have to do. And obviously, now there's a lot of other. You know, on the back end, you got you got to figure out who's going to work for the College Baseball Hall of Fame as the executive director in Overland Park and promotions and, and marketing and all those kind of things. And I would like to continue to be a part of that. Um, a lot of the people, Wichita State-related, that were there that day, uh, Kevin Saul, the athletic director for Wichita State, Gene Stevenson, his wife, Jana Hauser-Stevenson, was there. Joe Carter was there. Um, the Lieutenant Governor Tolan was there. Uh, Bob Kendrick from the Negro Leagues Museum. These are all people that are part of our uh, was part of our committee uh, moving forward. All the people with Let It Fly Media, with Dimension Innovations, uh, with you know Visit Overland Park, uh, with Blue Valley Rec, which is right down the street that has many fields. Uh, so it was just fun to see a culmination of of 14 months of heavy lifting, and a lot of times we couldn't talk about it because of NDAs, right. and a yeah. lot of that looking back had to do with Mahomes' involvement that some of us didn't know anything about. Uh, there was representation from Dave Johnson and the Chicken and Pickle Group, which is literally next door to where they're at. Um, so it was just a, an awesome collection. Chad Boger and Saad Lebo from Sports Radio 810, uh, local media stations and all that stuff. So for people that didn't know I was involved, this show and people that have listened to this show know I have been. Uh, it's been fun to get a chance to talk about it now that uh, finish line is a strong word until there's people walking in the front door and, and buying a ticket and seeing all the things on display. Uh, but we've we've gotten one step closer uh, than we were 14 months ago, certainly. Well, for a couple of points to your uh, most recent answer here, I gotta imagine they're going to be lining up now that the uh, 
College Baseball Hall of Fame has a physical home as far as people that would be willing to help out slash work there. And to your point about uh, a traveling portion of a Hall of Fame, a tremendous point. Uh, and if Major League Baseball does it, I got to believe it's a no-brainer. Come College World Series, you're going to see uh, a bunch of College Baseball Hall of Fame things on display in some uh, way or fashion. And I got to believe that it'll all come together pretty soon and you'll have no shortage of uh, people wanting to help. Amen to that, too. And I, and I had a couple questions asked me yesterday. It's like, well, does that mean that the people that are going into the College Baseball Hall of Fame had to have played professional baseball? Absolutely not. I mean, there's going to be yeah. plenty of, of people that are already in the College Baseball Hall of Fame. It's obviously just kind of been on paper or on a website or things like that. So now we can physically, you know, show and display all of the people that have been of you know, just the the, the lore of, of college baseball over the years, we are supremely lucky uh, with our ties to Wichita State that we have as many people in the Hall of Fame as we do, with Gene, with Phil Stevenson, with Joe Carter, with Darren Dreifert, um, at, at the very least those four, and to have played against and know uh, so many others uh, along the way that, that, that we've touched, you know, base with or have played mm-hmm. against. And it's been, it's been fun for me, having been – you know, coaching and teaching since my days playing professionally and college, um, you know, to, to get back into it and have a small part of, of getting this here. I mean, I, I want to continue that process moving forward. And so many people have reached out that are so excited to, to, to win those doors open uh, and to show the game off uh, at the collegiate level at, at all levels, not just Division One either. I mean, that's what other people ask. No, this is all levels of, of collegiate baseball, from junior college to Division One to Division Two, Division Three. NAIA, all those all those things are included. I mean, that's that's college baseball encompasses more than just Wichita State and the Stanfords and the Arizona States and the and the Pepperdines and the you know now the Vanderbilts and the and the Virginias. It's 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 the the whole history of college baseball. And I talked about it last week. Ron Ron Darling is going in in this year's class. Played college baseball at Yale, which so did uh, former President Bush, as yeah. you remember from when. All those things. So that's that's the history and the lore of college baseball, and we are we are so excited and and happy that we have been tasked with uh, providing a great space and a great opportunity for people to come enjoy it. Had a lot of baseball Hall of Fame talk here on the show the last two days. Uh, the MLB Hall of Fame announces 2024 inductees. The news came down about the uh, Collegiate Baseball Hall of Fame and the Kansas Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, is going to induct its latest class on Saturday. And one of those guys is Braden Looper, former teammate of ours, who was a freshman when we were seniors. What do you remember about Braden? So Braden Looper, I remember. So two two funny things. One, being from a small town in Oklahoma. He's from Mangum, Oklahoma. We we knew who he was. Uh, and and we had, <laughs> we had actually ran into – I ran into Dan Smith recently. Dan Smith we had signed – out of Girard, Kansas, back in that same recruiting class way back when. But Dan ended up getting drafted out of high school and signed with the Texas Rangers. And so we had to turn our collective heads to recruit somebody else to come to Wichita State, and that person turned out to be Braden Looper. Uh, So I was giving Dan Smith plenty of grief uh, a few weeks ago when I saw him that we ended up with Looper. And so when Looper was a a freshman, Shane and I, you and I were both seniors, Uh, one of the things – I remember, I mean, obviously he turned out to have a big, huge major league career, but back then he was just a really good young arm. Uh, we didn't know if he was going to start, relieve, do all those things. And uh, there was a game that I pitched and closed where we played the University of Oklahoma at X Stadium. Uh, Braden, I'll have to go back and look at the box score, but I think he probably threw six or seven, and I think mm-hmm. I finished it up. And uh, we ended up beating Oklahoma. Two kids that grew up in Oklahoma, not playing for Oklahoma, but playing for Wichita State. Uh, beat Oklahoma, so that was the front headline of the Kansas or the Wichita Eagle. And also on that same day, uh, one of our favorite pitchers of all time, uh, Nolan Ryan, threw his seventh no hitter on <laughs> that same day. So I still have that uh, newspaper article and the, and the headlines from the Wichita Eagle that day framed and at my house. Uh, so that's one of the memories I have of Braden Looper uh, that year, um, and and just to see him to. To go on to what he did at Wichita State and then to an unbelievable college and, and professional career uh, that he ended up having. It's one of the longest tenured professional careers of anybody to have played at Wichita State. Uh, and to see him to go on that kind of success and still be involved in the program and, and still being around, awesome. That's, uh, that's, so, that's so great to hear. 
and walked away at the age of 34 when he still probably had some more baseball left in him. Uh, kudos to him for just uh, saying, hey, my kids are getting older and I'm, I'm good here. One thing that maybe deserves uh, another uh, conversation for us at a later date was something that you just brought up when it comes to our, our glory days back at Wichita State. So many of you guys from Oklahoma, it was super important uh, to you guys whenever we played Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or for, or Roberts for that matter, because we had a ton of guys from the state of Oklahoma that at that point, for one reason or another, Oklahoma or Oklahoma State didn't want or didn't recruit. So that was a duh statement, but that was a big deal to you guys. Well, it was a big deal to us, not just us as players, but Brent Kimnitz from Perry, Oklahoma. That where it kind of started there. Gene Stevenson from Guthrie, Oklahoma. I think a lot of it came uh, because that's where those guys were from. I mean, you get to Oklahoma from small schools in Oklahoma. Uh, now we're both coaches at Wichita State. Uh, they knew the tradition-rich history of, of baseball in Oklahoma, uh, and to be able to go down there and, and, and be the heart of their recruiting area uh, was something that they were able to pull off for years. I mean, back in those days, and you know this, there was a lot of uh, Oklahoma State seemed to recruit a lot of California junior college guys and be able to plug and play with some, some guys like that. And it was funny for me to have played against a bunch of guys in Oklahoma uh, and not a ton of them end up at, at Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. They ended up at Arkansas or at Wichita State or, you know, somewhere out of state. Uh, and so uh, looking back now, I mean, Oklahoma still has a heck of a program. Todd Butler's back there uh, now. Uh, Oklahoma State still a heck of a program down there with, with the tradition that they've had from when we played uh, and who they've got coaching down there now. And Oral Roberts making it to the College World Series last year. I've known their coaching staff for a little while now and have, uh, send some players that way too. So I couldn't be happier that that those guys are still doing well. Wichita State wants to get back to the point, but uh, I don't think that will ever stop being a very very hotbed of recruiting, uh, just because we know the quality of, of, of baseball played in, in high schools in Oklahoma. Well, congratulations. Uh, whatever involvement uh, you uh, want to take credit for for the College Baseball Hall of Fame going to Overland Park, you certainly deserve to take a bow because you've championed that for months now, and we always appreciate talking to you. So uh, maybe a little more Royals talk when we talk again. Amen. Appreciate that, and uh, look forward to seeing anybody in Kansas City can make it up, and go Chiefs this weekend. All right. Jamie Bluma brought to you by CBD American Shaman. It's 144. I'm old. Jack Young is coming up next. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM is your official home of the Kansas Jayhawks. And you can catch me, Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks, every week on your hometown radio station. I join The Pulse with Pat Strothman every Thursday at 225. Pat and I will talk about the latest KU game and look ahead at what's next for our Jayhawks. And it's only on Wichita's sports leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. 
I tend to second guest dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by Abbott. People dream high in the quiet of the night, you know that I caught it. Bad, bad boy, shiny toy with a price, you know that I bought it. Killing me slow, out the window, I'm always waiting for you to be waiting below. Have I gotten any this week? Yeah. You got it yesterday. Who are the, the previous two? Since I missed them. Uh, yesterday, I think it was Lone Star, yes. which I missed. Oh, you got Lone huh? Star. No, you got Lone Star. Oh, well. What was the song by Lone Star? You gave it to me. Amazed. Um, See, I told you that Lone Star did amaze. Monday and Tuesday, I didn't get. I know that. What was Tuesday? I can't remember who they were. <sighs> I, that's why I'm, I'm asking Jack, not necessarily you. Yeah, because you know, I'm not going to know. Yeah, I don't remember who Tuesday was. <laughs> you don't remember either. Well, apparently not good enough, like nothing great. So. Oh, was Mark Anthony Monday? Yep. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah. Okay. Because I was here for that one. And then I missed somebody Tuesday. Well, this one's a layup. A layup of all layups. Easy for you to say. Come on. That's Pat. Pat's here. He's back. Yeah. Adam Lambert was yesterday. Apparently. Yep. Does that sound right? Thank you, Texter. Yeah. Barb, is that you? I missed it. Or two days ago. Two days ago. Go ahead and tell me who this is, Texter, if you want to help today. <laughs> Which that's I don't, how this game I don't works. normally encourage that. Yeah, that's not how. Did this person win American Idol too, Jack? No. Darn. I don't know. I don't know who it is. T Swift, huh? You don't know T Swift? Dirty trick. Yeah, I know a bunch, but not this. And you know What's why? Uh, Cruel Summer. This is probably oh. your most famous song right now. And the reason I yeah. gave you it is because. I don't believe you listen to like current day radio, do you? You listen to your own music? No. Yes, you're right. Okay. So, it, so I knew this that, is out right now. Um, within the last year. Okay. It kind of it's what sparked her to her <laughs> to go on. So I knew you probably hadn't heard this song. I can't play you old Taylor Swift. It's too easy. You would have right uh, done the old you're train, right about that. train thing where you answer it yes. within two seconds of me playing it. Um, yeah. So yeah, kind of a Jack and I were. Jack and I were talking about. <coughs> excuse me, I'm back. Oh. He's back. Oh, 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 there we go. Boombox. As soon as, as soon as it popped up, I'm like, darn it! it there, there it comes. comes. Here it comes. Uh, we were talking about. I think Jack was on a Tuesday. You're like, hey, give me two artists that you currently listen to, or wherever it is. And I'm like, I can't tell you the last time I actually listened to like the new stuff. I was having a tough time remembering new. Uh, New music, new artist. So I have a tough time with that. I know well, it's different for you, at least when it comes to country. I do know that. I was going to say, it, a modern modern time, right this second, Taylor Swift song, that is not in my preset right now. So I'm not going to have heard it. Yeah. If you're on TikTok, you would definitely want to hear that song because it is all over mm. TikTok. Okay. All over Although part of me should have realized or recognized her voice. Yeah, that's why I, heard I, was, her like, enough. That's why I was like, it's a layup, right? Because yeah. even if it wasn't. No, I, I can see why you said that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, January 
25th, since I have failed three of the last four days. And Jack ran the table yesterday in your absence. Easy so, day, huh? So Chance didn't get a, an opportunity to help him at all. Oh, Chance is filling in. Huh? Chance filled in. Yep. Yep. He was just as useless as <laughs> I am sometimes. <laughs> uh, turning 39 today. And I'm going to resist the uh, urge to give Jack a bunch of soccer and uh, tennis players. I could. There are a bunch of them on here, but I'm not going to. What about hockey? I about gave him a hockey player for who am I Wednesday yesterday. Who? Who would it have been? Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Instead, I went with Joe Montana, and Jack got within three guesses because Jack's that way. I'm not seeing any hockey players today, so I'll spare him of that, too. But uh, turning 39, A.C. Law the fourth. Can't believe he's that old. Former A&M Aggie. Mm-hmm. Remember when, wasn't it the game inside Allen Fieldhouse? He went bonkers. And didn't yes. he beat KU? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would that have been under Mark Turgeon's watch or somebody else? For that, I believe. Before that? Yeah, I yeah. think it was. It was like 2005 or six or seven, one of those mm-hmm. years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Scott Milanovic, 51. Uh, former quarterback, wow, right? Oh, yeah. Old school. Toronto Argonauts, the LA Extreme of the XFL. Very good. I think Maryland. Before that, did you watch the XFL last year? No. Yeah, couldn't tell you the last XFL game I watched. It's when not he, worth it. When, when he hate me played, right? Yes, and the scantily clad cheerleaders. <laughs> Kevin Williams, fifty-three. Uh, football. Yeah, wide receiver, Cowboys, Cardinals. There we go. Turning 57 today, Mario Brunetta. Hint, if you need it. I'll take it. I might as well. He was born in Quebec City, Hockey. Canada. Yes. Goaltender. Team Italy, 1998. Hey. How about that? That's cool. And also played for the Quebec Nordiques. So kind of a hometown guy. Boy, whatever. Mark Schlereth, 58. Football. Yeah. Broncos, the then Redskins, back in the day. Chris Chelios, 62. Don't know on this one. I feel like you kind of, sort of should. Oh, no. It's big four. Oh, He's born in Chicago. Football. That's not helping. Uh, no, no. No. I was hoping Chelios that, was that like, ding I'm, from the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's my fault. <laughs> that was Pat saying, yes, football. No. <laughs> Can I start doing that now? Just sit over here and go, ding. Yeah, send me an email and I'll turn up the volume. And whenever they're right, yeah, no. Hockey player. Another hockey player. Uh, Can't do bum, 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 bum. Add some later this, although we already got plenty of it. I don't think we need to, need to worry about it. Born on this day, not dead. Don Maynard. Uh, football. Yes, Hall of Fame wide receiver. Checked out two years ago. First team all AFL, Super Bowl star 1969. Don Maynard. Also born on this day, not dead. Lou Groza. Uh, I believe another football player. Yeah. Yeah, lose the toe. Thanks, Curtis. That's Actually, Curtis, no. said. Curtis, Curtis has been MIA in this studio for three months now. All right, good recovery. Lou Groza, born on this day, nine-time Pro Bowler, kicker, and an offensive tackle. All right, tomorrow, story of the week, among other things, as we get you ready for the weekend. That'll do it for me. I'll talk to you tomorrow. For Jack, I'm Shane. Thanks for listening. Stick around. The Pulse is next.
Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.